I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Team. They play a sport called hockey. We're gonna talk about the hockey team known as the Flyers. Thank you very much for turning on this show. In case you didn't know, it's Bro Street Hockey Radio. Bill and Kelly and Steph and Charlie, they all love hockey, specifically the Flyers. Let's go the Flyers, the hockey team, the Flyers. Win all of the games and then the Stanley Cup. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. Thank goodness we have the short version of that song to celebrate the two in a row the Flyers have won. Not quite the three I predicted last week by the time we're recording. But hey, what are you going to do, Sir Sergei Bobrovsky? Pretty good. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. We have a good show for you because the Flyers are good again. Yay! How Barely. many times can I say good in the intro? Good, good, good. <laughs> Hashtag actually good. <laughs> actually good. That's what the Flyers are, at least for this week. Uh, let's just get right into it. You know the panel. Let's introduce them. I'm uh, going to start with Steph this week. Stephalicious, the Steph driver. I've got like three unrelated comments to make. Number, oh, make them all. Number one, Ava, I'm feeling very hurt right now because she just said that Kelly was her favorite. <gasps> um, I love Ava so Number two. What the hell? <laughs> I, well, I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, Bill, please. Let's, let's be real here. <laughs> number two. I want to say hello to Graciana, who is an eight-year-old fan of ours in Canada. <gasps> in who, Nova Scotia. In Nova Scotia. Oh, my favorite province. It's true. In Deep in Sydney Crosby land is a Flyers fan and also listens to Broad Street Hockey Radio. So, and she's like a badass little hockey she player. She is a badass hockey player. Oh, recovering, yeah, okay. Recovering from yeah. a concussion. Um, you're awesome, and thank you for listening. Drink lots of water. Keep fighting the good fight. I hear that's, yeah. I hear that's what cures it. And third, uh, Michael Roffel. I, I was disheartened to hear this morning that he's out for two weeks because I have it in my head that he's finished every season in history with an injury. Um, I've gone back and it appears it's only been one. It was just last year. <laughs> it was just last year. So we've got some recency bias. He does have a really, really weird and long injury history, but it hasn't been at the end of seasons like I thought it was. It's like um, when Couturier got hurt in the Washington series. Oh, he's injury prone. That was the second time he got hurt that year and he'd never missed any time. Like maybe a game here or there, but really, was, oh, he's injury prone. Like this is sixth year. It's the first time he's missed any time. I, for one, had to choke back tears when I heard that Michael Ruffle was hurt again. I just, it killed me because, like, we were optimal for, I don't know, a week. I see for, what for you did day. there. It took me, it took oh, yeah, me a day, like, I mean, yeah. oh, God, Kelly, it took me way too long. I'm, I'm still busy being hurt that everyone hates me. <laughs> From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. As I've gotten older, I, I think I've learned to 
not get angry at the idea of like bandwagon hoppers. I used to, when I was younger, look at it as a bad thing. And then as I've grown up, I've thought, you know, it's good. You, you want the game to grow. You want the NHL to become more popular. I want more people to love hockey the way I do. And you got to start somewhere, you know, whether, whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult, everybody's got to start, everybody's got to start somewhere. But I will say this, if you're one of those Philly sports fans who is consistently making cracks on Twitter and are with your friends about how hockey is dumb and it's bad and it's not worth paying attention to, you know what? I don't want you jumping on this bandwagon when this team gets good. And they're going to get good. When they get good, I don't want you on the bandwagon because apathy I'm okay with. If you just don't care about hockey, you know what? You can be converted. And that's what I'm going for. If you're angry at the Flyers, that's even better because clearly that at some level is coming from a place of love. But if you're constantly crapping on the sport of hockey and then when they get good, you're going to jump on the bandwagon, I don't want you. Stay away from us. This is exactly how Taylor feels about me with the six. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, and like I'm with you in that bandwagon isn't bad because Charlie, like me, you were a baseball fan. Yeah. So you were probably like at the vet when there were, I don't know, 11 people there. Me and my dad. Yeah. And that was it. Like you had a whole section to yourself. It was great. And then what happened when like the stadium would be full, especially Citizens Bank Park, it was because they were good. And it was awesome. Yeah. And it was fun. <laughs> so like, as much as, oh, bandwagon, bandwagon fans mean the team is good and and if you're a fan of the team, it means you like that. Like, that's just going to happen. So, yeah, but I mean, half of this show is saying about how hockey is bad and stupid, though. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's from a place of love. <laughs> yeah, please don't like our sport. <laughs> and, and actually, it's not really hockey. It's the NHL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all love hockey. We just hate the NHL. We all love hockey, specifically <laughs> the Flyers. <laughs> Let's go, the Flyers. Last but not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So there's been a thing happening the last couple of days, and in fact, it was happening in this very room when I walked in here this evening, where people have decided that now we're going to do a thing where we compare Ivan Provorov to Wierenski and Hannafin um, for some reason. And I, I understand why it's done, but I would just like Flyers fans to enjoy the fact that we have Ivan Provorov and not worry about whether or not he has as many points as Zach Wierenski or if he's going to be as good as Noah Hannafin. He's going to be very, very good, and he's ours. So let's not compare. Let's just enjoy. <laughs> the fact, it was it was the three were taken in a row, right? Yeah, like that's an odd thing. Well, well except, except for Pavel Zaka, who was taken in between. Oh, okay. okay. So what yeah, it was? Yeah, yeah. It was Hannafin. Zaka, Provorov, Wierenski, I think. I think Zaka was the one who broke that up because what that top five was, that was the McDavid draft. Yeah. McDavid, mm-hmm. Eichel, Strom, Marner, Hannafin. Hannafin was five, Zaka was six. You want Flyers fans to not have feelings about something? I'm just saying, be- it's, it's not like Provorov has been a disappointment and so we have to like be sad that we got him instead of Hannafin. Like, and he's really freaking no, good. No, you know what? I think what the it's the opposite. It's people being pissed off that other people aren't recognizing how fucking good Ivan Provorov is. I agree is. with that, yeah. And Wierenski had the big offensive year last year. Provorov kind of coming into his own offensively this year. Their numbers yeah. are basically exactly the same and actually... You know, Wierenski plays on that power play, has about twice as many power play points uh, as Provorov. Provorov still has more points, so uh, I'll take the Russian guy. Yeah, uh, but both yeah. are really good. That's like yeah. it's it's stupid to like. It's okay to yeah, have good okay hockey to players. Be, both are really good. I get ones in our division and all, so we want to not like. Oh no, ours is better. And fine, just call like 
there's really no proof that either of them are better. So I'll just say mine's better because I like them. Yeah, they're they're close enough where it's debatable. And the way I look at it with uh, and I'll, we'll set Hannafin aside for a second. But the way I look at it with Wierenski is that you know is is Wierenski really good? Absolutely, he's a great player. You know, every team should wish they had Zach Wierenski, but he kind of plays the same role as Shane Gossespierre. And I don't you know there, there's something to be said about not replicating roles on a team. Ivan Provorov probably fits the Flyers' future makeup of what they want their defense to be better than Wierenski does because Wierenski would be kind of redundant with what Gossip Bear brings. And Ivan Provorov is infinitely more handsome than Zach Wierenski. And Wierenski had to be just adjustment on that. What was the, oh, I just had to look him up because I didn't know what he looked like. Wierenski did have the benefit of playing with Seth Jones uh, this year. We're seeing Provorov with uh, Shane Gossip Bear, another very good defenseman, and voila. Offensive outburst for Ivan. What Provo. do you know? You put good players yeah. with good players, good players they start with playing good well. Players. Uh, wow! I know. Usually, I use my hot take segment to like just jump off the show and get into something, but this is a thing that comes up in post game time to time, and we we do it here. We we joke about it. Uh, it's a lot of fun to make fun of the Bruins. Uh, I mean, first of all, they're from Boston. Anybody sporting that ridiculous fake accent uh, simply <laughs> opens themselves up to ridicule. I'm looking at you, New England. I know you don't talk like that amongst yourselves when there's no one else around. That's oh. a thing you only do when we're listening, and then you put it in goodwill hunting so we all think, oh, yeah, that's really what it sounds No one sounds like that. You sound silly. But I digress. Oh. Uh, so second, you know, Hextall flipped Zach Ronaldo there for a third round pick. Hilarious. You know, that's funny. We make fun of that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And of course, they had the 13, 14, and 15 uh, picks in 2015 and missed out on, among others, Travis Konechny, Matthew Barzal. I, I asked you, it's Barzell, right? Right Correct. before the show. And I said Barzal. I, I fucked it up for you because yeah. I said it the wrong way 25 times. Matthew Barzell, <laughs> uh, Kyle Connor, Brock Besser. So they missed out on quite a few good players. Uh, but it does appear they got they hit on Jake DeBrusque. Uh, they've also brought in the likes of Charlie McAvoy, uh, Ryan Donato, who scored five goals in the U.S. Olympics, is making his debut out of Harvard tonight. Scored a goal tonight. Yeah, scored a goal. So there you go. Boston has 98 points with 12 games left. That doesn't include whatever happens tonight. Last I checked, it was tied at four. Uh, so they have a great mix of experienced veterans and you know young, blossoming players. They could very well win the Cup this year. Um but they won't. Basically, they're a uh, what we want the Flyers to be. They are a better version of what the Flyers are. They're just getting. They just have good goaltending. Basically, mm-hmm. like their young players are coming along. They have the experienced veterans still. They have a good goalie. So while it's uh, it's fun to make fun of Boston, like I said, it's kind of silly to be like LOL Bruins because they're a hundred point team and they're still introducing good young talent constantly. And they're helping us out tonight. Sure. Hopefully they can take they're down, going to down Columbus. Oh, God damn it. Oh, okay. Loser point. Thanks a lot, dicks. <laughs> no, Boston's a good team. They're yeah. they're obviously... And that doesn't mean we still can't laugh at them for passing up on all that talent in that three-player run, because it does look like... I think I think Zaboral is looking like a bust. Uh, he was the defenseman they took in that run. And Sinitian is like having an eh first pro <laughs> year, I think. Um, I can't <laughs> listen to his name and not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, they're they're a good team, and I I don't think if I had to bet, I would say that Toronto beats them in the first round. But it yes, could be a very queen. close series. So we'll see. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I really want that cut. I really want <laughs> that cut to be involved in the intro of this show now. Okay, <laughs> that's who, my favorite thing that's happened in the history of Queen. Who are you talking about? So as we mentioned uh, at the top. Uh, Michael Roffel injured out two weeks. 
bummer because this team, I really honestly believe, bummer. was optimal for the first time Ever. all season. Ever. For the first time all season, we had the Probably right for the lineup. the first time in two seasons. Uh, it was yeah. fleeting. Drew, Couturier, Konechny, Limblom, Patrick Voracek, Wheel, uh, Raffle, Philpola Simmons, Wheel, Lawton, Reed. On the back end, Provorov, Gostas, Bear, Sanheim, McDonald, Hey Gudis. This was optimized, right? Like, this is the best they could possibly do. With the pieces, I can't figure out how they could possibly do I want to say flip, flip, uh, flip Lawton and, and Philpola, but, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think this kind of makes your bottom six better than, you know, like we've talked about before. I mean, they started the game with Raffle on the top line. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. We, we didn't even get this for an entire game. Yeah, it wasn't game. even a full game. <laughs> we got it for about a period, because they swapped Konechny and Raffle again at the start of the second period, and then Raffle was hurt by the end of the second period. So we got this this ideal optimal lineup for about 15 minutes of Why hockey. do they keep doing, like, okay. Um, first, I'll just ask, in light of the Raffle injury, why was he up there? Why was Konechny on the third line? What was going on with that? Charlie, was it you or was it Kurt that said that it was... Less about punishing Konechny and more about balancing. Yeah, that that was yeah. my opinion. Oh, I, okay, it's I couldn't mo- remember. It's mostly just because I don't get the impression at all that Haxtell is annoyed with Konechny. Like it didn't. This didn't strike me as a demotion as a punishment because you can usually tell when a guy is getting punished because of poor play or something like that. Yeah, he had that conversation with Konechny after the Winnipeg game when he took that dumb penalty. Oh but, God! But then Konechny got thrown right back out there the next game on the first line. The game after that. So if you were going to punish him for that, you would think you would punish him for that immediately after not a week after the fact this to me just struck me as him trying to create more balance give philpola something of a boost maybe put him with some faster players who can take oh take some of the the puck moving up the ice load away from philpola since philpola is clearly slowed as he's gotten older and raffle's generally been good as a, a support guy on lines Interesting enough, I thought Konechny looked really good with Philpola. I thought Philpola and, and Simmons did a good job on Saturday against Carolina, and even in the first period, they were good again. It was just that Raffle wasn't working with Drew and Couturier, yeah. and that yeah. was why they had to put Konechny back up with them, because in the end, you're not going to beat a team because you have a good third line. You're going to yeah. beat a team because you have a good first line. Situationally, like if we're going to do this staple Konechny to the bench thing late in games, situationally, I have no problem at all moving Raffle up in the Konechny spot like with yeah. a one goal lead in the last five minutes of a game or, you know, tight playoff game, things like that. We're going to maybe not juggle the lines, but give guys a different look just for a shift here or there. I think it's not the worst idea in the world, but that line is so dangerous. Uh, and I like Raffle, Simmons, Philpola. Like, I think that's a good way. But yeah, I do think they look good together. Um, and I will, I really, really just want to believe it's about balancing the lineup. Well, this is something that we've seen from Hackstall for years is he does pairs as opposed to lines of three. So his pairings right now are Giroux and Couturier, Patrick and Voracek, um, I guess Philpola and Simmons, yeah, I, I, so. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Lawton and... Lawton doesn't have a partner. Me? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, for, for, like, for a while it was Lear. Yeah. And then it wasn't. And then because it wasn't. They lost, because they lost, stopped liking Lear. And, and then it was Lawton and Weiss. And, and like Lawton just doesn't... Lawton's a lone wolf. Um, 
but that's what he does. So I think this was Dave Haxtell's answer to the, the question that we were all asking, which was, would you split up Giroux and Couturier? When Dave Haxtell was like, no, I'm not splitting up my pair, but let's move Konechny and see if it gets other lines going. Yeah, and you have to remember that, I mean, it's bizarre with this team because they, they go so up and down so much that you forget where your head was at even four days ago. Like yeah. Going into yeah. Saturday's game, they had lost, <laughs> what, seven of eight in March? Mm-hmm. So you, you, you can understand why a coach looks at it as we got to we gotta change something here because clearly what we're doing isn't working. Let's mix it up a little bit and see if we, we hit on something. Now they've won two straight games and everybody's happy and everybody forgets that on Friday everyone was ready to burn the place No, down. and that's me who's been Mr. Optimistic. After, <laughs> after the Columbus game, I went on the Big Daddy Grand show that night and said they lose Saturday season's over they're not making the playoffs if they lose Saturday this was after you said on yelling about sports that they're going to win the next five in a row I did yeah okay now I said that on this show that they were going to win five in a row and I still was believe that what it was I, I still I'm... believe that they're going to get to four but uh I would have really liked that one against Columbus that would have been nice to kind of <laughs> yeah. put yeah. a little separation yeah. in there uh, uh Columbus but won. I can never take off my clover my four-leaf clover suit again so that sucks <laughs> Did you watch post game last night stuff? No. Oh, I had my I had my Shamrock suit on that I wore on Saturday because it was good luck. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I admire that kind of commitment to be honest. Uh, so one thing I want to know because this uh, this idea of Wheel Lawton Reed I really like as a fourth line. How what have we uh, have we liked Matt Reed? Have we liked the Meat Daddy? I'm glad he's back. I think he's looked great. I think that he never should have been gone in the first place. That's <laughs> the thing right there. It's one of those things, and I kind of joked about this after. Dave put together what could only be described as the best lineup he's put together all season. He always gets there eventually. He always comes to the right decision eventually. It's just entirely too late. And this Matt Reed thing is, you know, falls right in line with that. He should have been up sooner. But yeah. he's up here now, so I guess we just have to be happy about it. Yeah, like you, the way you put all, put it on the outline is impressed with Reed, and like my first my first instinct was to say, well, yeah, of course I've been impressed. I think he's been pretty good since he's come up. But the more I thought about, no, like I haven't been impressed with Matt Reed because this is just Matt Reed. Yeah, yeah. this has always yeah. been Matt Reed. He's a defensively responsible winger who can't score anymore, so you don't want him playing up in the lineup. But he generally does the right thing on every shift in terms of playing good defense and moving the puck forward and helping the team with the territory about it so am i impressed with matt reed like i guess to a degree but nothing he's doing is surprising me this is exactly what i thought he was and why i never thought he should have been sent down in the first place all right good point charlie wording there important because yes while i have said i i am i like matt reed i'm a fan of his i like his story i like the fact that he carved out a niche for himself in the nhl um but i'm ready for the matt reed era to be over yeah that's totally fair however as compared to the guys who we've been seeing, namely... Oh, that's a breath of fresh air, namely, huh? Dan, yeah, Who would have thought that Matt Reed would be a breath of... <laughs> like, the era of hockey I was ready to move on from was, like, the Matt Reed era. But since I have this personal vendetta against Dale Weiss, <laughs> and Yuri Leterre is one of the slowest skaters I've seen since the lockout, yeah. like, not named Darian Hatcher, uh, <laughs> like... I am fully ready for uh, I am fully ready for Matt Reed, and I like him in this fourth line role. Like all of a sudden, if we're looking at okay, if Philpola and Vandevelde, or <laughs> getting my point ahead of myself, <laughs> if Philpola and Reed are the guys who are like this is our Belmar and Vandevelde, like guys I could do without, but whatever. That's a huge upgrade. Yeah, that is a real big old upgrade from what we were looking at just a year ago. Yeah, and then. 
I can't get my hair under control. <laughs> I love that you brought Vanderbilt back up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, if that fourth line winger and that center were like, oh, like, don't we have someone better? And that's what we've said about uh, Philbelow. But he has been good recently. Yeah, I do yeah, think good, good. last he had, couple he had a games, big goal in the Cowra Carolina yeah, had game. That, had yeah. the breakaway, and then I thought he played really well uh, against Washington. And this is what I'm starting to see. Now we're looking at uh, the way this team is put together, and I guess Laterra figures back in now. It's got to be. You would think, yeah. right? It just it seems like he's the highest up on the depth chart because yep. he was playing before Saturday. Size. Hack is just on this role, and like I'm looking at this, I'm looking at, why not just give me Taylor Lear? That's just it. That's all it. I want. Just Get just, some just, skating in there. Now we're going to have all these guys who can skate. See, if no, they, he's gonna going to try He's gonna try to replace Raffle in the dumbest way possible. Just like I'm going to try and replace Raffle's beefiness so he's gonna put, he's gonna, he's gonna put Yuri Laterra in because Yuri Laterra is also beefy as opposed to Taylor Lear who's fast like Raffles fast um but he's just not big yeah you got to replace Raffles reliability and grit before yeah. you replace his offensive skills. The, the, the other things that actually yeah. like I assume wheel I assume wheel finds himself back up with Philpola and Simmons that line wasn't that that, uh, that particularly was, great recently, yeah, but, but that was what they did after Raffle went yeah. down. They moved Wheel up to mm-hmm. the third. Actually, if I remember correctly, they were using Wheel on the third line occasionally in the second period before Raffle even got hurt. They, I think, they actually bumped Raffle all the way down to line four. And that's something Lock. I that's something I don't have a problem. No, with I don't have a problem with that either. Mixing up those two lines, I always think of a bottom six more than two separate lines. Like if your bottom six are interchangeable, depending on who you're out on a shift against. And uh, one thing I'm looking forward to now, um, I want this Nolan Patrick line to now be used like a true second line. This whole we're going to use our third line as our shutdown line thing is over. Like Philpola needs to be out there against bottom six competition, and we need that second line. We need. I know it's a lot to put on a 19-year-old's plate, but... We did it to Couturier. Couturier at 19 was out there in a playoff series with Evgeny Malkin. This is just what we need to be doing now. And I think we finally... St- it's game 73. It is games. It was game 73 on Sunday, but we saw it. It happened. The coaches figured it out. Well, I mean... For now. For now. Every, every good thing... Now, he did... For the people that need to hear me say this out loud, Dave Hackstall did a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) This is Steph Driver. It is Steph Driver. Dave Hackstall did a good thing. He's done good things this season. Many things. We've talked about them. Now, these are not earth-shattering, groundbreaking things that he's done. They've been common sense things, but they've been good. Putting good players with good players. Right, common sense. But he did a good thing that resulted in good things happening. However, every other time he's done a good thing this season, he's followed it up by something stupid. Yeah, he's good for that. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> we, well, we, we timed this show perfectly. Yes. Yeah. We'll see it tomorrow. It'll we haven't something. gotten there yet. So, like, maybe it'll be Dale Weiss that comes in for Michael Raffle. Like, that would be a stupid thing. Yeah, like, at the same it time, though. It can't possibly be Dale Weiss. Even, even if it was Dale Weiss, and I don't I don't think Dale Weiss should be in the lineup over, even, like, we were talking Yuri Laterra, and I understand, like, he's not a good skater, but he's played better over the past couple weeks. Now, better is more like him, it's more him looking like a decent fourth liner rather than looking like the guy who you're wondering why he's even playing. But he did look better. Even if Weiss goes in, though, you know, 
yeah, it's annoying, but we're talking about the fourth line winger. We're talking about the 12 forward. If that's really the only thing I have to complain about, I'm not that annoyed. I mean, and it's I, not ideal, but I'm not that annoyed. Look, and I've said that all year when we get in the real complaining about Dave Haxtell stuff when when it comes down to my biggest issue is the twelfth forward. I no longer have an issue. Well, you know, I, I, like, I get, I get what you're. It's saying. It's not Tyrell yeah. Goldborn. Like yeah. it's, it's not a guy they're only <laughs> okay. going to throw out there for three minutes. Yeah, you know, and I'm a Goldborn fan, but clearly, I know, like the coach was using him, but actually wasn't because he played less than five minutes every game. <laughs> like, okay, now we just have a wasted roster spot. Why not just go with seven defensemen and let's get Sandheim back in the lineup? Yeah. But hey, Sandheim's back in the lineup Speaking now. Of good moves by Dave Haxtell, right? Sandheim. <laughs> Is playing hockey and, and, and substantial minutes. And what happened? Andrew Things McDonald started playing well. Haig came back and he stayed. And Manning came out. That was the thing. It happened. That guys. was the good on. stuff. How are, we, time, how are we 25 minutes into the show? I wanted, to do, I wanted to do offense before defense, and now we're now we're to the defense. Because oh my God, Brandon Manning isn't playing hockey. Today. First healthy scratch <laughs> since October 21st. Oh my lord. That he went the Brandon Manning mean that means they went the whole month of November without winning a game and Brandon Manning was at no point a healthy scratch. Granted, they were dealing with a lot of injuries they during were. that period. A lot of injuries. So yeah. that that helped that I helped don't to care. It, but. Play with four defensemen. Like you <laughs> figure something out. You lost 10 in a row. You didn't win a game the whole month. Which which has been one of our complaints about Hackstall, who I just said has done good things. He has. <laughs> so Sandheim, it appears now that not only are they going to keep Limblom around, Simmons is back, Limblom is playing. Oh, Limblom's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, they, they, now they that he scored. Um, he scored his first goal, and it was gorgeous. Oh I know. I screamed. I was so happy when it happened. If this was yeah. the drunk show, I would talk much more in depth about what happened <laughs> when Limblom finally scored. Uh, is there a reason you were only wearing your Shamrock jacket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pulling a, I was pulling a, a uh, Johan. <laughs> you took the pants right no off. Pants. No pants. Uh, they flew off. They, they took themselves off. Um, yeah. It appears as if now... You know, Haig came back. Sanheim is here to stay. Is that... And Sanheim and McDonald, it looks like it's working. I think McDonald played really well over the weekend. I was... I, I mentioned this in my... Whenever uh, I compliment McDonald, you yeah. give the... Well, not no, really. No, no. Actually, so tell me while I'm... No, I'm not going to tell you why you're wrong. I was going to say that... So on Sunday, I had the, the privilege of doing the three-star selections. And, <gasps> and up until maybe about... Five minutes into the third period, I was strongly considering putting McDonald to three because I thought he had a great game. Then he started; he made a couple mistakes in the third, and then Wayne Simmons scored a goal. And then it was like, okay, well, it's going to be Limblom, Simmons, Morozik. Then Morozik gives up a late goal; it was really bad at the end, so I had to dump him and I put Ghost on. But like McDonald was in was in that run; he was very good. I thought on on Sunday, I thought he made a lot of a lot of good plays. He had a couple breakups of four checks that were really nice to set up some scoring chances. He made some good plays. And was that the game where he had? that crazy pass off the boards uh i'm not sure the, he had the pass and then joined the rush off yeah the pass. yeah yeah excellent i saw it happen and i was like whoa no he's right. been making a couple good plays with the puck lately and yeah. that's not like a strength of his but i think as the other guy on a line with sandheim like he can do just enough with the puck not to kill them and that's what i'm seeing and i saw him Making the plays that they tell us he can make yeah. that we're always like, yeah, but does he though? Like when we say, oh, but he's good at this and this. I'm like, ah, yeah, but I see him 
fuck that up all the time too. Mm. Like it was a play on a penalty kill where a guy was just coming in on him and he just stuck with him, didn't do anything crazy, didn't flop, didn't do anything, just stuck with him, stapled him to the boards and someone else came over and took the puck and that's exactly what you do on the penalty kill. Like I was just seeing good things out of Andrew McDonald. Is it going to last? I don't know. That, every, I mean, that's I, the question. Every time I've ever said, hey McDonald's playing better lately. Maybe now that he's with Sanheim, like we say, put guys with good players and suddenly they're better. Maybe that's what we're going to see now and just like that with no manning i thought gudis was better yes yeah but still not good yeah that one mistake on the uh no the no, no. The, goal, the, the pinch that was the bad. pinch was bad and that's a glaring mistake but like yeah. those things happen it has like you can make a huge mistake shane goss's bear ivan Provorov make mistakes yeah. but they're played throughout the game you go oh excuse one mistake if that puck doesn't end up in the net you go all right he gave up an odd man rush on a bad pinch it happens they can they're usually skilled and fast enough to make up for it whereas the others are not so much but i mean andrew mcdonald has not been playing poorly. No. Which is something that the numbers say cannot continue because... It, well, he just, he hasn't, just not he hasn't put up those numbers over an extended period of time pretty much ever, ever in his... Ever. At least in his Flyers career. And he's 30, 31. 31, I think. 31. So, like, it's he's probably not... Um, not going to um, doesn't mean we can't enjoy it while it lasts and hope exactly. that it lasts. But here's the other thing. So now we're seeing something new out of Travis Sanheim that we didn't know to expect. And that's he's the guy that makes his partner better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting with regards to this McDonald's Sanheim, because the, the thing that keeps me from believing that it's going to continue and it's going to continue that this rate is that. McDonald was with Proveroff and Gossespair, and both of those pairings didn't work over the long term. So my thing is, if they couldn't make it work, how can I trust that a 21-year-old rookie can make it work too? But at the same time, from a logical standpoint, the pairing makes some sense. Because you, you talk about Travis Sanheim this year in the NHL, and you could legitimately make the argument that he's been good at everything, with the exception of defensive zone coverage. And then you look at Andrew McDonald, and you can make the case that the only thing he's really good at is defensive zone coverage. And I'm not talking about rush coverage. Rush coverage is not his strong suit. But when they're when the, what he's worse. When the Flyers are stuck <laughs> in the defensive zone and they and teams are cycling against them, you rarely see McDonald screw up. And I think that's one of the reasons why the coaching staff likes him so much. That's why they view him as reliable because he's always in position. He he stays in in lanes. He does everything they want him to do. With Sandheim, he's done everything else well except for that. So you're basically combining like the one strength, the one real strength of McDonald's game with all the strengths of Sandheim's game. And I don't know, maybe you're ending up with one perfect defense. It just—I I know we're we're talking about the good McDonald, but every time I hear that, Charlie, it just cracks me up because in the same sentence you say, you know, he's not good at the rush coverage, and it's like he better be good in defensive zone coverage because he's the reason that they're there. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. They rushed in on his side. He backed up to the all the way back, and all of a sudden they're set up like it's a power play. <laughs> like. I, uh, but we're talking good things. It's a positive show. They won two in a row. I'm saying they're going to win four in a row going into Sunday. They're playing some easy, some not that good teams. That was part of it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that the, was the, very much a part well, well, of the, my no, prediction. Well, well, these games, like Washington's a, a very good team. Yeah. Carolina's an okay team, but now they get the Rangers and Detroit. Yeah, I just and they, like should, they, they really Dumpster should roll players. those two teams. We I don't talk- know, man. I'm thinking about Detroit tomorrow night coming off 10 losses in a row. You know what that sounds like to me? Friends. That, that sounds like um, they're going to be like remi- somebody's going to turn it around. They're going to be reminded why they traded Peter Mrazek. Okay, and oh, good no. setup. We're going to skip down here I'm because I meant to put goaltending here. Uh, goaltending. Yeah. Mrazek well, hasn't been good. It's no, not no. great. He's been bad. 
He's had some bad games. <laughs> no, no, he's been bad. Yeah, no, I'm no, fully no, no. willing to admit he has not been good. Okay, well, no, 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 he's been bad. Okay, like, not, we're saying not the good. same thing. No, we're just not. arguing with me to argue. Yes. <laughs> what do they do in net on Tuesday? Because if it's me, I have to. I know we like to do the, oh, yeah, you know, it's against Columbus, so we're going to put RJ Umberger out for the opening faceoff. No, we're not doing that shit. These are must win games now in a tight race. Alex Lyon has to start Tuesday. And if he shits yeah. the bed, absolutely throw Morozik back out there on Thursday. But if Lyon is good, you got to roll with Lyon. This is a coach who likes to run goalies into the ground. I'm giving him permission to ride Alex Lyon. I never thought I would come to this. But <laughs> I never thought that those would be words that we would ever say. But here we are, gang. Here <laughs> we are. To play devil's advocate, Peter Morozik seems like the kind of guy who would vindictively like to really screw over the team that abandoned him. Yeah, but then he'd get too aggressive and completely fuck it up. You know and what? I would also, like to be dressed against the Ottawa Senators and go beat up people. But you know what would happen? I'd get hurt badly. Yeah, also, <laughs> it's not like Alex Lyon has been like a reliable brick wall. No, but He's- he hasn't. He hasn't. But at this point, when I'm when you're going to if you're going to ask me who's been better. It's been uh, lately, lion. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I'm, I'm I don't know with, what the numbers are actually. I'm kind of with Kelly in oh. that. Oh, I get, like I get why people look at how Morozik's played recently and how Lion played over the the weekend. I guess I'm including the Columbus game in that because he came in in relief and played very well in that game. Then was solid against Carolina. Um, my concern is this: when I look at goalies, I try not to focus too much on how they've done recently. I know that's that's what people like, certainly what coaches like to do. I just try to look at, okay, who do I think is the better true talent goalie? And that's the goalie I'm going to have higher up on the depth chart. And regardless of his recent struggles, I still believe that Morozik is the better true talent goalie over Alex Lyon, who I think still has only played in like eight eight NHL games and was yeah, an eight. average AHL goalie. Like I, I like Alex Lyon, and and not just in terms of like rooting for him because he's on the Flyers. Like he's a legitimately good dude. He's a great great person to interview. Like I want to see him succeed, but I have to believe that a guy like Peter Morazis, who's been in the league for a long time, who's had some legitimately good years in the NHL, is probably a better goalie than Alex Lyon. So I think I would still go with Morazic, but I, I I get the counter argument. He probably is. No, and you're talking to the guy who you know. Until like One yesterday, five years. Wanted I said four years. <laughs> yeah, four get, years. Get it right no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, and I sorry. still think was it I four still years, think five mil each. Four years, four mil. I wanted to oh, give him the. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Continue. I wanted to give him the Steve Mason. Steve contract. Mason. Yeah. Um, I still legitimately believe with like some time with the Flyers goalie coach and you get him in a rhythm with the team and then all that stuff, you know, chemistry wise, blah, blah, blah. You could salvage Peter Morozik and he become, he could become a number one goaltender in the NHL again. However, I'm just seeing some things out of him. I just think he's in a, he's in a bit of a rut. Uh, and what I liked about him, why I liked him when we brought him in was, um, I love goalies that play the puck. I find it very entertaining. I thought he played an entertaining game. I love goalies that come out of the crease and challenge a shooter. That stuff is great to me. I'm looking at him right now. When he comes out to uh, challenge the shooter, his recovery is terrible. I feel like he's taking bad routes back to recover. Like he's taking the long way across the crease rather than like you know, shortest distance between two points, straight line. And he's not going straight back. He's like rounding over and I don't know, just taking bad angles and like 
every team is challenging him short side on bad angles. Yeah, it's, they it's, are. It's it's every time you're they not, come in not wrong. Every time they come in on a rush, they're not looking to pass. They're not looking to get it across because they also know he's going to give up a rebound and he's not good at recovering on the rebounds. And I just see him in a rut right now. And Alex Lyon is just for right now. I think their best option. So I looked up Alex Lyon's just his his raw numbers because I didn't actually know. Um, so. Two years ago at Yale, so his senior year or whatever, his last year at Yale, um, he had a .936 save percentage. Last year, his first year in the AHL, .912 after 47 games. Um, eight games with the Flyers this year, .913, but before he called, he got called up, 26 games, .911. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's just not... I, I hope I, when I like, for example, when Carter Hart comes to the AHL next year, assuming he doesn't make the Flyers, I will want him to be in like a nine twenty save percentage because I want him to dominate the AHL. I want him to show me that you know this guy is is as good as we're hoping he is. Alex Lyon and same thing with Anthony Stolarz. Like they were okay in the AHL. It was they weren't bad, but they weren't dominating the league. No, they were pretty much the same last year. Anthony yeah. Anthony Stolarz yeah. twenty nine games point nine one one. Like it's the same. That, that was the kind of concerning about Stolarz. Mm-hmm. Last year was oh isn't he supposed to be like the number one and Alex Lyon and they his, have the his exact first, same numbers he struggled his first yeah. year with the Phantom yeah. so if that if last year was out I mean last year was Alex Lyon's first year if that was him struggling like that's not bad it's not bad no, and, and, he but might, then he, he didn't take a measurable step forward no. this year and that yeah. was concerning and then I always, he came off the NHL and he's been fine you know so. I have I have no idea how to evaluate goalies over the long term like goalies are voodoo like Charlie always says I don't understand them that's why I hate them because it's <laughs> It's just been a huge question mark my entire life. The only good one the Flyers have ever had in my lifetime just up and quit. His name was Roman Chekmonik. He had one eyebrow. Uh, <laughs> like, he, he, he was a maniac. I just, I, I hate goalies. <laughs> I we really know. do. But I just, what do you think they're going to do by the time Brian Elliott, until Brian Elliott gets back? And do you expect to see Brian Elliott again this year? I don't think there's anything they can do. Like, they just have to ride it out with these two idiots and hope for the best. Do you think maybe they'd be better off going with six with an empty net? The whole game. <laughs> this revolutionary were, strategy. The last game, there were a couple of times the puck got by Morozik and somebody in the crease kept it out of the net. So maybe we just go with two goalies. Gudis made a diving save. Yeah, it was Gudis yeah, and Reed. Yeah, I think yeah, even yeah. McDonald saved a goal on Sunday. Just have, you know, Morozik can take the left post. Gudis can take the right <laughs> post. Just hang back there. See what happens. It'll be fine. So I, I think what's probably going to happen here is... I believe Morozik is still going to get the bulk of the starts, but I, I believe they've reached the point where, like, three weeks ago, if there was a back-to-back, Morozik was playing both games. It was not, wasn't even a question. It was just, we don't trust Alex Lyon. Morozik's our guy. I'm Dave Haxall, and I use my goalies when they're my guy in every game, so I'm just going to keep using Peter Morozik. Now they're in a position where if there's a back-to-back, they're splitting it. And if there's a three and four, Lyon's getting a game. Like, that's just yeah. going to happen because now Lyon has... They've gained more confidence in him, and they've lost some confidence in Morozik. But I still think Morozik is going to lead this semi-tandem. And he, Morozik has allowed three or more goals in eight of his 11 starts. It's yeah, not good. it's been bad. It's and, been and, bad. And that was, that was all in the first, because the first three starts were awesome. So does he have eight straight starts of three goals or more? It was two in a row, I think, and he allowed three and one, but it was still a good game. And then he oh, had okay. a shutout somewhere, I think. Okay. I 
looked it up last night, but it's not sticking I can, in I my can head. I can see if I can yeah. find it, but um, I'm not you, very... Charlie, you say <laughs> Neuvert has been practicing more regularly more regularly yes. than Elliot? Yes. That makes me so sad. Yeah, so Neuvert has been regularly on the ice with the team, even in like morning skates and stuff. Elliot has been there occasionally. I believe last week he was on the ice without pads, just with skates. I think he was on the ice with pads in the most recent skate. Nothing looks goofier than goalie skates with no pads. But I get the impression that Neuvert is closer to a return than Elliot, which I guess makes sense because the Phantoms do need a goalie. So, <laughs> but but seriously, Elliot had core muscle surgery. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's different types of muscle surgery as we've discussed on the show. But for goalie, that seems like a pretty substantial thing, even if it's minor surgery. It's still surgery. I get the impression with with Neuvert, it probably was more like a strain, and he just had to heal. So. It makes sense that Neuver would come back faster. It's just with Neuver, even if he comes back, you always wonder how long is he going to be back for. Has Neuver been taking reps or is he just skating? I believe he's been taking reps in practice. Yeah, I think. So eight out of 11 games, uh, Peter Mrazek has let in three or more goals. But it was it, it, it was it his last eight where he's... No. So there, there was so a good game in the last eight. In the last eight, there was one game where he only let in one goal, and that was against Winnipeg. Oh, that was the game they won. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But uh, the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So seven out of the last seven eight. Seven out of the last eight. Yeah. Okay, that's not that's not that good. No. Not great. Not great, gang. Not, not great. good. And the thing with that, too, is you, know, you watch the games and... Not all the goals are his fault. I would, yeah, I was but, them, but at the same time, you take a step back and you look at this over an extended period of time, you start to think, you know, at some point, your goalie has to start making some of these tough saves. Yeah, it's yeah. rarely about volume to me because every goal is created differently. Like you see how Provorov scored the other day, hits a defenseman in the skate and kicks by him, and, uh, you know, that's not on the goaltender. Shit happens. Yeah, but, but if you let in four goals no. on six shots. No, it's bad. That's At a, a certain point, and one of them, like that one where he just froze on the slap shot, the, uh, what was it, the Cam Atkinson goal? Yeah, the three-on-one. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, all right, it's th- but like, make the first save, man. Yeah. Like, make the first save. Or at least don't look that bad yeah. to it. Don't look Not like doing you it. blinked. Don't look like you went, ooh, when, when, he, when he wound <laughs> up and then it got by you. Like, come also, on. Also, he's been, like, looking behind him a lot. Like, there's just not a lot of confidence there. Yeah. No, Very he just serious. looks to me, he looks, like I said, I still believe in his talent, and, like, he could get himself out of it eventually yeah but i just see a guy who's in not the best place for a goalie right now and with someone like it's all mechanical i look at this stuff like a baseball swing or like a kicker like it's just one little thing is off all of a sudden everything's off because it's about your depth and he's a guy who comes out of his net so if his angle is off a little bit yeah the whole net's wide open and you're seeing a lot of times where guys are just blasting away at an open net and you know Goalies get in their own heads yeah, yeah, all absolutely. the time. They're so all like, insane. Yeah, so like one little thing goes wrong and all of a sudden they're second guessing every single thing and I I kind of get the sense that he's that kind of guy. Yeah, and one thing that's important to remember too about goalies, and this was a concern of mine when they traded for Morozik, but it was sort of, they were in the position where they didn't really have a choice. They needed a goalie. They, they, go, goal they, they go out and they get him. But yeah. I had this conversation with, with Brian Elliott at the start of the year, and it was about how long it takes a goaltender to adjust to a new system. Because he had real trouble last year adjusting to Calgary system at the start of the year. He was really bad at the start of the year. Plus he had uh, he had family stuff going on, so he had, he, it was his kid, so he was up 
appropriately. But like he had said that the system took him some time to, to get used to. And I asked him, like, how long does that take? And he didn't give me a straight answer because obviously it probably just depends on the system and whether you're comfortable in it or not. But you would think it takes probably about a month to get like a full understanding of what the defensemen do, not even the system, but just the, the tendencies of the defense, yeah. the defense in front of you and the forwards in front of you. And you, you, you trade for a guy in late February and you just throw him into the fire and he got off to that great start so you thought well maybe there isn't going to be that period for Miraza. maybe he's just going to hit the ground running but maybe now he's a little bit uncomfortable with, with, with what's going on and then that's bleeding into his technical play and then you're getting this and some guys just ne- like Steph we talk about this all the time when we went and saw that puck talks with Briz yes and he talks about how he just couldn't play in behind Peter Laviolette's system well he went that to, and, and yeah. there were no defensemen well that, that he, he but he said support like he said you know Lavi I need to see the first shot and let my defenseman just clear the rebounds and he goes yeah no we block shots here he goes all right well you know this is going to keep happening then and yeah. mm-hmm. it did for two years and then they bought him out you know seven years left on a nine-year contract he's going to be getting checks for Comcast longer and I'm alive. Uh, Same. Still goes to games. Yeah. Earns, <laughs> every Earns every penny if you ask me. Uh-huh. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. It's I always mean. funny. Well, once in a while, it's usually when the Flyers play a team that has like some high profile Russian on the team. You'll see him, you know, right next to the locker room just oh, chatting yeah. him up. Bruce oh, really? Is, yeah. He shows up. You see him near the locker maybe like three, four times a year chatting up one of his Russian pals. Oh, he that's said cute. he, uh, at I've that seen on... him like not, he sat when I went to one of the games with our friend Cole, like, Four rows behind me. <laughs> he said at that thing we saw him talk at, like Kuznetsov is his favorite player in the league. Yeah. Like, yeah, he loves doing that. Is he friends with Provorov? Provorov's too young. I think he's too young. Yeah, young. yeah. And Provorov came here at like sixteen. Yeah, but he still plays for the Russian or teams. The hell it was. He still plays. I bet, for the I'm Russian sure he's met teams. him. I just don't think he's yeah. pals with yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, so well, I, I don't want to. I'm not done with the goalies oh, yet. Okay. Only because we've got some expiring contracts at the end of this year. Um, so Anthony Stolarz is back and is playing, but. In Reading. In the right. ECHL. We in didn't cover ECHL. that last week. He we got didn't. loaned to the, what are they, the Royals The, the now? Reading Royals. Yeah. Um, and is doing okay there. Um, you know, he's shaking the rust off. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is for him to get back to the AHL, but I assume that there is one. Um, his contract is up at the end of the season. Alex Lyon's contract is up at the end of the season. So I believe, and I, I'm going to throw this out to you guys, what makes sense to me is next year... You can you can tender Anthony Stolarz. I, I don't I don't know I don't know what's going to happen there, but I think that your two goalies in the AHL next year are going to be Alex Lyon and Carter Hart. I think Alex Lyon gets extended, and Carter Hart should be the backup. I just don't know how you can let a goalie go after living through this this year. It would be it's the same argument as being like, oh yeah, we don't need Nick Foles. Like, ah, oh, did you just watch what? Happened? Yeah. Yeah, We're going to need all the goalies, especially... Yeah, but there's only so many spots. I get it. There's How, only so much room. That's what ECHL is for. I don't think they're going to put any... There? Yeah, I don't think yeah. they're going to put anybody down. There's only a few teams. I think Toronto is maybe the organization that's actually used the ECHL as something of like a feeder league. Everybody else just kind of uses it to sort of park their trash, for lack of a better term. What I've always wondered about Stolars, and this this obviously can't be done unless you find another team willing to do it, but I've always wondered if they could possibly loan him to, oh, an, that's a good idea. to another AHL team hmm. who maybe doesn't have good enough goalies. Because like, he's clearly established himself as a decent AHL goalie, and if you don't want to lose his rights, but you want him to play, maybe you just loan him to, I don't know, like St. Louis's affiliate or something. That's and have a good him play idea. There. It's, it's, it's not something that like you can just snap your fingers and do. You need somebody who's interested in doing yeah, it yeah, and yeah. You have you, a, who Hexall has a good relationship with. But it's something I would explore, absolutely. So, LA, teams, what's up? Like, do teams typically, like, 
maybe do something like, oh, you know, we'll throw you like a second round pick and you let Anthony Stolarz play in your organization. I don't, I don't think know. so. I think it's generally just, just I mean, I would, have, yeah. I would imagine if there's like a successful fiscally AHL team that needs a goaltender, like a team that draws well yeah. and competes for the Calder Cup that needs a goaltender. I don't see why an organization wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I guess it just comes down to how many guys you have that you need to get playing time. In the yeah. Because so, obviously yeah. you're going to prioritize your oh, prospects course, yeah. over doing Ron Hexall solid, but there might be a team out there that doesn't only has one prospect and they want another guy to tandem with. Yeah. And then maybe Stolarz could be that guy and that's a way that you can get him work without losing his rights. I would at least try it if I was Hextall. Yeah, okay. and then and then when one of these guys next year, because I think that it will be Elliot and Neuvert, when one of them gets injured, Alex Lyon is already now the reliable call-up. So yeah. then you get Carter Hart some starting time in the AHL. It starts the whole cycle over That's, again, I, you which just, is the good, the good thing, the good cycle. You started it off for me, Steph. Uh, just to wrap a bow on this uh, goaltender situation, who do you think are the t- Flyers' you know top two goalies in the playoffs this year and opening night next year? Whoever's healthy out of yeah. Elliot and Neuvert. Um, <laughs> with with Morozik. Yeah, yeah, Elliot and Morozik, I would imagine. Or or, or Morozik and Neuvert, if Elliot isn't ready. Yeah, whoever whoever's mm. healthy, whoever's healthy. If both of them happen to be healthy, Brian Elliott and Michael Neuvert, I think it's the two of them. Where does Michael Layton figure in? And you got <laughs> he is going my, to be he selling my, me my beer. Still, he's with uh, he's with Pittsburgh now, right? He's in their organization. I, he I believe is. So, I yeah. believe so. Oh, he's gonna win the fucking Con Smythe this year. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's gonna get hurt, and Michael Layton's gonna go with that. Yeah. No, it, but I believe now. Like you talk about who are the two goalies. I think the Flyers, after the deadline, they can keep as many goalies as they want. So, yeah. so if Neuvert and Elliot both get healthy, they just have three goalies. And that's and they just only how dr- it is. They only dress two of them on a nightly basis, but they yeah, can I mean, keep who all are three the two the guys roster. we're going to see? Yeah, that's fair. Who I think whoever out of the regular starters is healthy. Like I, I, just, I don't think I don't. Alex Lyon will get sent back for their playoff push for the Phantoms playoff. I think they they can clinch with three points. Like they're number one in the division. Yeah, they're one of the best. They have like teams a ten point NHL. lead or something. Yeah. So by the way. This is to you guys, but also to the general Broad Street Hockey radio fans. Like, we need to plan a trip up there for the playoffs because that will be fun as heck. That would be fun as heck. Heck. That's right. Heck, yeah. <laughs> um, so Alex Lyon will go back for their playoffs. Um, and I think I think that they're, they're, they, don't, they don't trust Mrazek. I think at this point they probably trust Neuvert more than they trust uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I was really, going to say, I kind of think that they might trust Peter Mrazek more think, than Neuvert. I think Michael Neuvert's going to be lifting the Calder Cup this year. <laughs> they're, they're just they going to keep... They can't, yeah, they can't set they, him down because he wasn't on the roster. That's true. Yeah, and that, yeah. that, whole, that whole little bullshit rule that you've got to be on their roster by 3 p.m. and then you I wish I really wish you had to tag up. Like you actually had to, go had to go and go sign there. in and come back. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. wish you couldn't just do it on paper. I I think they're just going to roll with the three, assuming they're all healthy. Like they did that the year uh, the year Laviolette lost his mind in the playoffs. Oh yeah, they like, did because like, they like, had Boosh and Leighton and Bob. And Bob. Bob, and Bob for a couple yeah. games didn't even dress. Like yeah. he was the third guy. Yeah. Got him there because we Laviolette completely yeah, lost confidence in him. Oh, yeah. Lest you fun. forget why Peter Laviolette lost his job here, just remember <laughs> the goaltender carousel, folks. Bob's. Uh, what's your career high in consecutive games played? Bob. Bob. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're running them out there again, three and four. Uh, so Couturier is never ever going to score. Oh my god, goal. never! When it's he not, missed on the, that open net, it was I the most predictable thing ever. Was yeah. like, 
How? He he was being he was being harassed. It was I know, it but it like, was right he there. He could have hit that no. thirty feet before he decided to shoot. I know, yeah. I know. He's it's just never gonna happen. He for is him. squeezing that stick way hey way too hard Hey-o. right now. And you know when you <laughs> squeeze too hard, you just don't get the finish. Never. Uh, his next goal, I do predict, will be an overtime game winner in the playoffs. I, he's got to score. He's I mean, got to score to. in the next month. You know, I I've mean, been saying that about my 29-year-old virgin friend, and oh uh, you know, you'd think it would happen at some point. He's definitely Stuck getting on 29. To oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy! He's not hey. <laughs> no, like how he had the. It really looked like from the one angle that he tipped that Provorov goal, and then you I, see, God. and then you yeah, see the, the front side, and it hit the defender in the in the shin and went in. I was just praying that no one in the NHL offices would notice. <laughs> He had credit for it briefly, and yeah. then they switched it. The you break. got my hopes up yeah. in the Slack chat. Charlie was like, well, they, they have it on the he, score it, sheet. It now. was on the official yeah. score sheet, but then they, like, five minutes after the intermission started, and, they changed and it. And then Dicks. he gets the empty net opportunity, and you go, all right, he just gets this one out of the way, and he'll be, it'll be good. It's We've always yeah. been saying, you know, the guys, the, who are, the guys who just have the monkey on their back, they just need the one. Uh, no, didn't get it. And speaking of getting the monkey off your back, but we, he's racking up assists. He, he is. is. No, he's not playing poorly or anything. No, he just he can't just score can't a goal. He just can't get this Do, one goal. Yeah. He's going to have you know, 150 assists, 29 goals. Guys, I know exactly how this is actually going to play out. Oh, God. So he's got 29 goals, 39 assists for 68 points. His 30th <laughs> goal is going to be point number 69. Yes! And then he's done. Nice. And rest him for the rest of the year. Nice. Rest that's, him. And that's it. Rest that's just how it's going to be. That's how it's going to go for Sean Couturier. But I, I want to use this as a transition here to a player that's not on the outline, but I want to talk mm-hmm. about because this is someone who I was very impressed with him over the weekend, and I'm hoping that maybe this might be us seeing the real Wayne Simmons again. Oh, yeah. Because he has not been himself pretty no. much all year. And this weekend was the first time where I watched him play, and I'm, I thought to myself, this this re- this reminds me of what Wayne Simmons used to be. God, he looked good. And like, the goals he scored were... Like big ones, like yeah. Those, yeah, those yes goals that Wayne Simmons comes through and gets. I will say, like he does just dominate the Washington Capitals. Good. This could just be one of those things. Like Leclaire has a broken back and gets a hat trick. But he was good. I thought Canadians he was good against Carolina he too. He was. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. only got the assist. But I thought he was. He imposed his will on them I'm most of the game. Pissed off. I missed that game. And like we keep saying, put good players, you know, with good players, and they're better. Wayne Simmons coming around and we're like, hey, Philpool has been looking pretty good, huh? Hey. Like, these are things that we just Jordan need. Wheel back in the lineup. Imagine <laughs> what happens when you put good players on the ice instead of in a suit in the oh, press Oh, wow, box. we can score again. Like, Weird. Even, hmm. even though like Jordan Wheel isn't coming through with the production, just like he creates chances. And when yeah. chances happen, like eventually someone's going to score. And that's what the Flyers... Generally just, speaking. General. No, they... And that's where I wanted to go next. Limblom, we talked about it earlier, finally got finally. one. Uh, was it, I think JJ said he's had 18 scoring chances <gasps> in his first 13 games and oh just wasn't going in. Gets the assist oh. to get his first point on that beautiful Jake Voracek goal. I know that whoever the kid is, a kid, he might be a 50-year-old man who's just insane, um, <laughs> who's always in the post-game comments, killing Jake Voracek. Oh. You know, I didn't see on Sunday. Jake Voracek <laughs> has a huge weekend. Didn't see on Sunday. Oh, man. I, I, I'll see if he's in the comments 
right now. Right now. <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> I'll, like, I'll look for it. If you think about it, like, this is kind of the perfect time for, like, Lindblom to get Lindblom to get going and Simmons to heat no. back up. And I'm doing Blom. it. <laughs> he has a goal now. We've got Blom. to call him by his real name. Ah, damn yeah. it. That's right. Yeah. Yep. No, that's and, it. like, if Cooter gets going, like, it's kind of like sliding into the playoffs with everybody on a hot streak. I'm yeah. into it. Well, and I guess that's the one positive of having everybody on a cold streak at the same time. Yeah. They all get hot at the same time. Heat back up at the right time. Nolan Patrick is still looking good. Um, he is. Yeah, Travis yeah. Konechny is someone who hasn't gotten enough attention. He had, uh, I don't even know how to explain the game that oh, he man, had yesterday no. other than like it, it was rough. Well, that third, I need that him third to period. not block yeah. shots. Like stop. Do not block shots. But also Timothy Jimothy, if you touch yeah, my son ever off, again. Timothy Jimothy. Ever again. That was a good scrap. I was really proud of him in that fight. He I, I will, DJ Oshi, he can fight. I will, he's decent. Pull, I will pull his eyeballs out with my bare hands. That was a good well, fight. I, I love. I'm proud of the kid. I love this quote from Simmons about Konechny after the game. It was amazing. It, 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 basically, he was Simmons was asked um, was asked you know what did you think about Konechny blocking the blocking the one shot going off the ice coming back on the ice blocking the, ne- the shot on his next shift with his other leg and then getting into a fight with T.J. Ocean. Simmons' response was, "It's awesome. Great to see." I kept telling him that's what winners are made of. That's the type of effort we're going to need out of every single guy in this dressing room. Blocks one shot, gets up slowly, gets off, gets right back on the ice, blocks another. See him get high stick there. He didn't quit on the play. He kept going. He battles with a guy probably 20 pounds bigger, maybe more than that. I mean, yes. However, However <laughs> please stop blocking shots. <laughs> Thank you. You are too valuable to yeah, this team. Yeah, we need you to play hockey. Leave that to Philpola. Leave that to <laughs> But I Hinch will McDonald. say, while I don't want to see him get hurt blocking a shot, that's one of the, you know, that's... One of the things that can happen when you block a shot. I know it's. I do want boy, to but. see a speedy winger block a shot. All of a sudden, you have a loose puck going out, and he's going to win that race and score on a breakaway. Yeah. that's one of the things like I want to see. It's one of the reasons I loved Simone Gagne on the penalty kill. That's the kind of thing he was able to do. I want to see more of that, and it's the way he's going to get more ice time because clearly the coach is into this kind of oh, stuff. Oh God, does he love it? Um. I had another comment about the Washington game and then we can move but on you to can things see, that are not the Washington game. It was game. funny to see that second block shot. I'll let you think of it. Well, I no, I know what it is. Oh, okay, go yeah, ahead. She's ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Provorov was having none of Tom Wilson's shit. Like, oh my God, I love that none gif of, of him it. telling him to get fucked. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, I think he said that he was a piece of shit or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, he, every time I looked on the ice or, or I looked for Tom Wilson on the ice, Ivan Provorov was like right next to him, just not, just not dealing with I, I mean, it. Let's be, let's be honest with ourselves here. That's not an, un, that's not a, that's not a fair fight. Ivan Provorov was a legitimate top pair NHL defenseman, and Tom Wilson is a glorified fourth liner. Uh, he's oh, a yeah, first yeah. round pick, Charles. First round pick. First he's, round pick. And he spent some time on the top line this season, like, which shows how weak Washington's. But it wasn't. It, well, I don't even think that it had anything to do with with skill. I think it had a lot to do with don't fucking touch my players. <laughs> yeah, good. Like don't don't fucking don't fucking do it, Tom Wilson. I'm not going to let you do it. And I was proud of him. That's I it. was I was really just happy with the effort we saw this weekend. I was just happy with everything. Uh, a couple of I said they absolutely needed to win Saturday or the uh, season was over, and basically they needed at least three points to remain serious about this thing. They got four. So I'm pretty pleased with what I'm seeing. It, it was, was a funny. very good weekend. It was. It was the Konechny thing I wanted to say before we wrap that up was it was funny to see that second block. He clearly was turning his other leg because 
that shot would have hit him in the exact same yeah. place. <laughs> it was going to be the exact same thing. And he was like, uh, let me just nah. get this other one. <laughs> he just turned a little, which you shouldn't do, but that shit would have hurt so bad. Yeah, seriously. Like, oh, fine. And I was, yeah, it was, it was good stuff, guys. This team, I just want them to keep it going. I don't want this. Just keep it going through this week in, and then yeah. get to Sunday against Pittsburgh for the big showdown. I can't believe Brandon Manning forgot to fight on Saturday, and that's why he was yeah, scratched what an idiot. I know, what an idiot. Like, I can't believe he forgot. Get yourself pulled right out of the lineup. Did, did he think that he was teacher's favorite enough that he didn't have to fight? Because that's, probably that's dumb. Have you met Robert Haig? They love him. You know what I just I just want from this team? It's all this whole year. It's been winning streak, losing streak, winning streak, losing streak, winning streak, losing streak. Like, can we just finish the next nine games? You know, you'll win six, you'll lose three, and it's like but not it's, in a row. And it's like win yeah, two, lose one, win two. Like, can we just get back to a normal type of season, please? Or just for our winning streak. I mean, a winning streak be cool, guys. Guys, they win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. They just called it. That's happened before. That's that's pretty much it. I think. Well. Do we have anything else? Uh, Did you notice I got your total recall in today? He didn't notice. He doesn't go to the website. I I noticed. Nobody reads the flyby. I did, of course, yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I, like, spent a long time trying to research if it actually was a total recall, and then I just decided that it was, and I was doing it. They didn't announce it, but it's got to have been. Right? Because Haig's back, Yeah, there's no way they could have kept Sandheim up unless they turned his emergency recall into an actual recall, because you're only allowed to emergency recall a guy when there's less than the, like, accepted number of players in a position you start. So So you're welcome. um, Thank you. (laughs) I forgot that Johnny Oduya was a thing until right now. (laughs) Yeah. It, yeah, he's so did Johnny O'Doo. <laughs> that first shift of his. So, um, I mean, maybe he can. But he's allowed to be. He's allowed to say that he's healthy now because now they're not on emergency. Yeah. Recall. Oh, okay. Is he healthy? Mm. Yes, he's healthy. So he's to, been um, healthy. Yes. So to tie, so to tie together this Allegedly. whole show, to kind of tie together this whole show, we're happy with the lineup. We're happy with the coach. We're happy with the way the team's well, playing. So, we're happy with the coach and the decisions he made this weekend. Yes. All right. They have on to, one day this weekend. <laughs> they have to keep this lineup together at least through this week, right? You've got to. Well, no, you've got to. Even with Raffle out, like, all right, put in. If you're gonna put in Laterra, whatever, fine. It would be preferable if it was Weiss. Or, oh, Jesus, Lear. <laughs> did you just have a stroke? I did. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't complete the name. Um, well, because I was going to say yeah. it would be worse if it was Weiss. Yes, but still, you know what the fuck ever. Um, preferable if it was Lear, but if it's gonna it be, be so. it's, it won't yeah. be. If it's gonna be Laterra, fine. Don't mess with the defense. Don't do it. They're all they're starting yeah, to get their shit the together. Urge, Dave, uh, keep the lines the way that they are. Just put Laterra in for Raffle and just just let it be. Just stop. No, the, fact, the fact that the defense was able to hold Ovechkin to two shots and the first one was that goal like midway through the second. Like, <laughs> yeah. They were perfect on the penalty kill. Yeah, they We've, were good. Look, this, this defense Where has, has to, this been? We've been so... Well, I mean, we know. We know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> because we've been saying all season the, the defense AHL, is the liability. The box, like, this it's, is... It's crazy what happens no, when it, you put good players yeah, in. Yeah, it's, it's not that surprising <laughs> that, they're, that they, they're playing better now that... Because look at this. If two you, pairs. You have Limblom, who's playing as a top six forward and you have Sandheim who's now playing as a top four defenseman so you just at the trade deadline you basically added a top six forward and a top four defenseman like yeah the team's probably gonna play better they're gonna have this at the beginning of the season USA Uh, that's what I chant that's what I yell (laughs) when there's anarchy Uh, (laughs) that 
is all the time we have for you today on BSH Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, guys, advertise with us. BroadStreetHockeyRadio at gmail.com. We'll cut you a deal. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Hey guys, this is John Stolnes from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season. Man, the 2018 season was, well, it was interesting anyway, and the upcoming offseason looks to be even more interesting. So if you want to stay up to date on all things Phillies this offseason, subscribe to The Good Fight podcast feed and get my podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk, looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. And you'll get bonus podcasts every time big news is made with the team. Seriously, if you want to stay up to date on everything revolving around your favorite baseball team as they return to contention, make sure you are subscribed to the Good Fight podcast feed.